So you light bold red wine most of the time With notes of fig and raisin You like a cold brew and pitching horseshoes As the sun is fading You like football games and dishing out nicknames The Godfather's one and two But not so fast, we got a podcast We like that too we like that too. We like that too. We like that too. We like that too. <laughs> hey, Bobby Monts, welcome back to the We Like That Too podcast. This is Brad Jones, and joining me is the head Bon Vivant himself, Mr. Keith in Lou. Hey, everybody. Yeah, we and had a little st- chuckle before we started, so that's why you're going to hear some laughter in the intro. <laughs> So we've been on the road. Oh, man. We have been road warriors. What a few days it's been, but productive. Oh, man. I think I think all of our Bon Vivants are going to oh, have, have a blast with the shows that uh, we've been down in southwest Missouri. Beautiful. These, yeah, these next few episodes that are rolling out, you guys are going to really enjoy. Diverse. And, a little uh, bit of everything. Entertaining yeah. and informative, as always. As always. Yeah. Yep. Wait, which one are we? <laughs> we don't know yet. <laughs> That's right. We don't know either. Yikes. We will, oh, we will, I, I believe you'll be both. We will delve into that here in just a minute. Well, what a better time to introduce our guests then, well, since they I have think we uh, been heard from. I said uh, this is the Jeff and Josh show, and That's we've right. seen a bunch of your uh, of your clips, and you, yeah. you guys ham and egg it pretty good, I've got to say. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Clinkenbeard is with us today and Jala. Jala. There we go. There yeah. we go. People and ask, they say, how do you spell his name? And I said, I'll tell you, but it won't help. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah, you'll have to go to the website to see how it's spelled, but we're just going to pronounce it correctly and it's Jala. So Jala. there you go. So there it is. Bur- Burmese, is that correct? Burmese, actually, yes. yes. Okay. And actually it's pronounced Jala. So in Burma, we don't have first names and last names. Okay. We just have a name. And my name happened to have three syllables. So coming to the States, you have to have first, last, and middle. So mm-hmm. three syllables would divide into three. Very good. Names. And then that phenomenon of not having a family name, when you meet someone in Burma, one of the first questions is, who are your parents? Yeah. Because you can't tell from the last name. They're just given a name. His name means, in Burmese, beyond advanced beauty. Wow! Yeah. Jeff, Jeff, so you yeah. got well, that going for you. Well, yeah. I must say you're a handsome man. So <laughs> I, think yeah. I think your parents named you appropriately. All right, enough about Jaw. <laughs> All right, so so Jeff and Jaw. The reason we have you on the show, a previous guest of ours and a good good friend, Tommy Baker, who's from, <laughs> from Bravo Creative, among other things, recommended we talk to you guys because you are into the. S-A-T-O, Sato, 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 48. And we'll get into exactly what that is, but it's a, a really unique film adventure challenge festival. But we wanted to have you on the show to talk about that. Among other things, you have some pretty interesting backgrounds, and we're going to get into that. So uh, we're excited to have you. Thank you for being here with us. Our pleasure. Yeah. How, You're how, welcome. How, how did you guys get together? How did you meet? Where'd you meet? Well, that was in the second weekend of July, 1981. I was going into Central Park to jog, and I was 22, and he was uh, stretching before he started, and he was 20. You know, being from Missouri, I moved to New York right out of high school. Right. And I'd never seen Asian men 
And you go to New York and you see all kinds of men. So sure. this is like, wow, okay, great. So he's stretching and, and like, okay, great. So he starts running and then I start running. Well, he's an athlete. He swam twice around Manhattan, not in the same day. I was, I was in the es- escort boat. I was in the escort boat. Very uncomfortable seat, by the way. Very uncomfortable seat. So he starts running and I'm thinking, oh, well, okay, I got to keep up. I'm thinking, oh, it's, it's the reservoir. It's a huge yeah, track. That's a big loop. That's a big, big loop. Big lake. Yeah. 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 I thought, oh, I hope he only does one lap because I'm just going to have to wait here with a cappuccino until he comes back around. Yeah, that's a cramp. Yeah, that's an awful thing to first to want about somebody when you meet and you haven't even met them yet. But um, yes, my future husband. I hope he goes lame. Yeah, (laughs) step in a pothole. Step in a pothole. Actually, that's how it's turned out. But anyway. so he, sure enough, the, he stopped after one, and then there's a, a double water fountain right there by one of the pumps uh-huh. in uh, Central Park, and he stopped to get water. So I, of course, stopped to get water, and he looked up and he said, "Nice run," which I took as a come online. He assures me it was just a way to communicate with another runner who had kept pace with you. This was in the eighties, yes. Yeah, so everybody was jogging. Sure, and if someone kept oh, yeah. pace with you. You just want to let them know, acknowledge that. I appreciate for them to keeping me going. I used to yeah, run. Yeah. It's a, it's a runner thing it's kind of a courtesy yeah. type yeah. deal like, it's all you know, yeah, yeah, i was forced to run when i played football run. and it was five yards at a time and that was all i wanted to do so. yeah <laughs> on the other hand if he looked up and said i hate you i thought oh there's a come online because I, all i hear <laughs> it's an ongoing problem with me <laughs> well that's a great story so you and you've been together ever since yes yeah, yeah. Oh, good, good. Uh, so we celebrated 41 years It'll be 41 years this July. Yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank, Thank you. Wow. Yeah, that's I'm, a great I'm story. easy to live with. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, I can't uh, tell you the look I just got from John on that one. Right? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, see, that's what I have to put up with. Yeah, that's what no. makes me easy to live with. That's all right. There you so. go. So, so the format of the show, guys, before we get too far down the road, I'm the official <laughs> alcohol the dr- monitor. He's the drink master. Somebody's got to do it. And so it is one bottle, two good friends, Brad and Brad and I and uh, our guest, and then uh, we'll do three top picks later on. But for our one bottle today, you guys actually suggested gin. I don't think we've done a gin. Before, I don't think we? we haven't done a gin. No, we have not done a gin, and so we're excited. And no, this, I, I actually picked gin because I thought we were going to be driving while the podcast was going on. I thought that would be an exciting angle to get drunk and do the podcast as we're driving. Society but, does frown on that, Jeff. I just ex- ex- they society, frown on exciting podcasts. I don't think that's the ex- truth. Ex- exciting, no, the, the, the first illegal. part. Oh, the yeah. first, oh. <laughs> See again, this is my problem. I don't think things through well. Uh, well, the gin we're drinking today is actually it. a local product, and by local, I mean made. In Missouri, it is Pinkney Bend American Gin. They actually have several different varieties of their gin, and they do a really good vodka too. They do a uh, rum. They do a rum too. Yeah, they do several distilled spirits. But the Pinkney Bend Distillery is in New Haven, Missouri, which is uh, just outside St. Louis, a little bit north of Herman, Missouri. Which we have done podcasts from Herman Bon Vivants. You have probably heard that, and um, if not, go download it and listen now. So, well, not right now. After this episode, there we go. There we go. <laughs> That's the wonderful thing about podcasts—they live out there forever. Oh yeah. Oh, so heavens to Betsy. Yeah. There you go. So, what do you guys think about this? And if you need a refill, let me know. We started a little early. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I started yesterday, but anyway. So we always smell things mm-hmm. first. We're wine drinkers, and very pleasant. It's crisp. I don't get yeah. a big hit of anything off the nose on it. You no, see yours. Yeah, you, you, it has a nice leg. You get yeah. the you get the well, juniper. All right, so 
So jaw what in in the gin world we talk about legs or fingers in mm-hmm. wine. What does it mean in the gin world to have nice legs or No, no, no. Actually I was going for you guys like to do bourbon and whiskey. That's what you always yeah. check for the legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was trying to see if uh, gin would have that and um it so does. it doesn't have yeah. a lot of sugar in it, I guess. So it's nice and light. Yeah. It's yeah. great for it's, well, it's very crisp. Mm-hmm. Also a lot of times I do this in the glass and I realize I've not cleaned the glass. I'm drinking out of a dirty glass. <laughs> or, so, or your fingers need to be washed. Yeah, yeah. it's often both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so one of the for Prince. Yeah. I know one of the things that I hear when people drink gin is they say it tastes like a Christmas tree or an evergreen. They don't like that um, evergreen pine, uh, have the juniper berry. You know, it's too. Heavy. I do not get that at all from this. Right? No, I think when they do gin, actually, we have a neighbor across the street from us. They used to make wine at home. And they would invite us, and we said, "Oh well, okay, we like wine, but we really like spirits. We like gin." So they started making gin. Yeah. So we kind of find out what you have to do. They have this thing. Um, it's a still. It, they have sure. a still. Wow, it's a distilled it's, spirit. It, yeah. Yeah, and then they put a, a container with whatever you want to put in. So if they had citrus, they would put citrus in. If they had lavender, they would put lavender. In. So whatever you put in, it's that's when you get the flavor. Right. So this one, I don't think they put a lot of no. I think it's unflavored. Mm-hmm. I I think it's very it's very clean, very crisp, and certainly smooth enough to drink either neat or on the rocks. We're doing a little bit of both here. When mm-hmm. we were in living in New York City full time, we worked in our early days for a real estate attorney who whose accountant was a raging alcoholic. Let's just say it. But she was so good, you would rather have her drunk than 20 other people sober. We never found where she hid the bottle, but she told a great story that when she was growing up in New York City, gin was called city water. Wait, I've heard water. that somewhere. I've yeah, heard that isn't that before. great? That is good. <laughs> yeah, city water. City water. Interesting. Yeah. That's so that funny. but came off your comment about the clearness and the the smoothness of it, and yeah. you can drink it just like water. I mean, that it, was probably a code back in the maybe. in the oh, yeah. yes. In give me, I'll uh, have a city water. Give me a glass yeah, of city water. Uh, yeah, you're, you're in the twenty one club, and you said I'll have a city. Or maybe water. she could yeah. call the secretary and say, "Bring me a glass of city water, please." With the clients there, and nobody else would know. Nobody else would because it is you know it is a clear spirit. So you can't tell the difference between that and water. Yeah. What do you think, guys? Be on and be honest, please, um, because I am not a gin connoisseur. And uh, it's all right. It's yeah, okay. it's good. It's I mean, good. I like the juniper. So the more mm-hmm. the more full flavored or for, right. full bodied, if you will, that mm-hmm. that appeals to me. But so does this. I you know what a- I like most about this is it was free. <laughs> well, there you go. I did get a, <laughs> a, a few floral notes off of this. A little mm-hmm. bit of floral, uh, not as flavor much. to it. We've had gin where it's very alkali. It was very viscous and really, yeah. And this is this is pretty. This no, is pretty uh, refreshing like, for a summer afternoon. You know, yeah. it's hot and mm-hmm. it's it's. Yeah. It would be it's a good perfect. sort of a patio yeah, pounder. I was going to ask you to turn on the air conditioner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The Pinkney bin is available. I think they have wide distribution, so it's not just in Missouri. They've and, really uh, grown. They've and, gotten. Um, they've gotten. Um, they've gotten pretty big. Yeah, and of course, thank you to our bottle sponsor, Barvino, in beautiful downtown Jefferson City, uh, Matt Green, and he always takes care of us with our bottles. And, uh, and is this where you got it from? Um, yeah, you can get this at, at Barvino. He has a, a retail side to his wine bar. But if you're in Je- in Jefferson City, Bon Vivant's traveling through, uh, stop in and see Matt at Barvino. And now Bar Whiskey is also open, uh, two great establishments. And we also 
as always, thank him for his sponsorship and uh, support of the program. So. We do indeed. We you know, do another, indeed. Another, yeah. All right. So uh, the Pinkney Bend American Gin gets uh, some thumbs up, and I, I really mm. like this, mm. and uh, I'm going to keep this bottle. So All right, then. Um, mm, just the bottle. Just the bottle. <laughs> be, be that way. I collect empty bottles, and so I'll have to work on that one. Yeah. So before we get into the, the body of the program, you know, today we're going to talk about video, film production, uh, some television production, that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, visual imagery as a medium uh, in the technical age. And we have a, a new sponsor to the program, Missouri River Region Library. They're in Jefferson City. And they let me know that they have a new program. If you have a library card there, there's a program called Canopy where you can order movies for free off of your library card and download them. It's kind of a you know in my day you went into the, and checked out a book with your library card, mm-hmm. but there's it, it's it's crazy. Canopy is the program, and so what, um, what all's included then? So you can all, get, yeah. You get so this is was um, that the Library of Alexandria? Is that are we going back that far? <laughs> those close, books are li- those books close. are a little moist yeah, at yeah. the moment. Yeah. They were <laughs> they were heavy to yeah. carry home in stone. But no, independent films, documentaries, uh, foreign language. Popular movies, you know, that are, that are mainstream and then, you know, children's programming, uh, that kind of thing. Just about anything that's available on any of your streaming services you can get and especially unique titles. So I thought it was appropriate for today's show because, you know, you guys are talking about stuff that's not out there in the mainstream, but you can find this stuff on Canopy and get it. And all you got to do is go to www.mrrl.org. That's Missouri River Region Library.org. And sign up for the Canopy program if you've got uh, one of their cards. And if you're not in that area, check your local library in your area. I'm sure they they have a similar program. So support your local library, folks. It's a great resource for all sorts of information. And uh, we, we thank them for being don't, a sponsor. Don't be a dumb bon vivant. Don't know. <laughs> well, there's and, there's and actually no such yourself. thing as a dumb bon vivant because they, they, they already know what they're doing. So You know, going back for just a moment, libraries – were one of the first businesses, if you will, who began to adapt to the new digital age. Yep. They started having uh, digital av- digitally available books. This was the New York Library, but it spread to other sure, places. Sure. And libraries are still fulfilling their purpose for giving access to everyone. For example, the New York Public Library, you can go rent clothes for business interviews. Wow. So wow. that you look the part. Yeah. Now, you know, and that's important. You can't just show up in dungarees. You have to show up you looking bet. like the, the thing they want. So mm-hmm. just an example of what kind of resources you can get at your local library. So, uh, patronize them folks. They're important to us. And thank you for, uh, sponsoring the show, Missouri River Region Library, our local library. Wow. Jeff, Congratulations on I've got to, I've got to hear this story from you. Okay. Because Tommy told me a little bit about yeah, this. He can't one. keep his mouth shut. But you just mentioned New York City. Yes. And you went out there as an actor. Right. As I, everyone does. I, yeah. But <laughs> acting, if, if the, acting to something. <laughs> but if the story he told me is correct, this does not happen to actors that go to New York City. Tell us a little bit about your first 48 hours in, in New York City. Well, I was 18, right out of high school, Glendale High School graduate. Right here in Springfield, yeah, Bonnie Bonds. Yes. Yep. And I. You know, got on a bus, went to New York with sort of the attitude that, hey, I have a job there. I just haven't landed it yet. I have an apartment there. I just haven't found it yet. I have friends there. I just haven't met them yet. And I have a career there. I just haven't started it yet. So I got off the bus and um, the first place where the taxi took me was 
horrible, so scary. I said, no, 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 let's just go to the YMCA in Midtown. So we went to the YMCA in Midtown. And then the next day I thought, you know what? I'm not going to look for a regular job. I'm not going to look for an apartment. I'm not going to buy groceries. I'm going to go get a job in the theater, in my field. And so I happened to be walking down 13th Street, and I saw the 13th Street Theater, and I thought, okay, here we go. I walked it's a few steps down, and mm-hmm. the, the proprietress was there. I said, hey, I just got to New York, and I'm looking for work. And she said, well, that's funny because just today, the guy who played the mechanical bear in Israel Horowitz's shooting gallery, which plays with Line, which was the longest-running off-off-Broadway show in, in New York history. I think it probably still is. She goes, so – You'd fit the costume. I mean, it was classic. <laughs> You'd fit the costume. Seriously, do you want the job? I was like, yeah, I want the job. So she was like, okay, we'll come back in a couple of hours. We'll rehearse you, and then you'll go on tonight. I was like, fantastic. So the, I, I was a mechanical bear oh my in gosh. this little one act. But what it did was I met all the actors. Yeah. I met... You know, just, it was like an entree. You just suddenly you're there and all this advice, like crazy advice. But in New York, it was necessary to know these things. And then she had Thanksgiving because I moved there right, right before Thanksgiving. And it, and I went to her place for Thanksgiving. She lived above the, the theater and I said hello to somebody and I put out my hand and he said, can we just keep it verbal? <laughs> and I thought, I am not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> no, no. That was my first, like, this is gonna, these people are different, it's gonna be different. Some, but some were just Midwestern friendly. Right. But some were also this other thing. It's like the, just the range was larger. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, to my credit, they're like, oh, you have such an expressive face, can we put makeup on you instead of wearing the bare head? I was like, yeah, do anything you want to me. That's amazing. You do realize, though, that kind of an entree can take five, ten years for some actors. Yeah. And you do. Yeah. (laughs) Timing is everything. This is not normal. Right. It's not normal. It's timing, and it's also just, I I didn't care about where I was going to live. I could live on the street. You're 18. Nothing's going to kill you. Even in New York. And this is 1977, the real New York. Yeah. The the mean (laughs) street. You probably didn't want to do that. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I did. I wanted to do anything that would make me a star. well, John, what got you to New York? Oh, my He family. heard I'd move there. Yeah. <laughs> it was the sky riding. He was going to Central Park every day. Just every waiting. day waiting for me. When will he go? When? <laughs> Let's go running. <laughs> Maybe somebody will catch me. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. So, so your family uh, made yeah. the move? Yes. My father was a diplomat. Okay. And so he cool. was a UN specialist. Yeah. And then we had political differences. Uh, my father was not military. Military, yeah, the country. Yeah. Okay. My father's not military. It was a military dictatorship, gotcha. and um, he just had enough. Yeah. And there were a lot of things being done to the family, so we said, "Okay, we quit. We're going to stay." So we yeah. got the protection of the State Department, and then we stayed uh, behind. And the, you defected. I mean, it was. Oh yes, we defected. It was, it was cloak and dagger. Tell, I mean, tell the yeah. exciting survival part. Survival mode. Yeah. 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 I mean, literally, cloak and dagger. Tell it. Um, so when we decided to defect, um, we, our family had to split. Now, the Burmese intelligence, Burmese military intelligence, is one of the most prevalent intelligence uh, agencies in the world. Surrounding countries will come to Burma to learn military intelligence. Uh, they would do intelligence through non-technical stuff. There's no earbuds that you put, you know, hiding here or hiding there. It's through people's words, how they talk, what they say. 
and then they do t- kind of like a triangular thing. Like if you say one thing, so you're related to that person. What did they say? Then they kind of figured out that you're related to this person. That that's how they could have been. Uh, even in America, they were prevalent. We had a lot of um, military intelligence here, so they were keeping an eye on you. Yes. Yeah. They, oh, his they, father was way up. Way up. Yeah. They, he faxed the uh, "I quit." <laughs> to yeah. Them. yeah. Yeah, and then like go hide. Yeah. Right. So I don't know if you ever seen the movie called Hopscotch. No. It's a Walter Matthau movie. Um, it's from the 50s, I believe. So what he does, he does something similar, but he stays one step ahead. And that's what we did as well. We didn't go too far to stay one step ahead. So when we decided to leave, we left on And it, it's interesting. The reason you don't want to get too far ahead, because that seems counterintuitive, is if you get too far ahead more new people know about you. Yeah. You can control the knowledge mm-hmm. that's known about you if you're moving just the right pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, you know, if you look at the Serengeti, the uh, the gazelles always stay in the eyeshot of their lions. Right. They know when the lions are hungry. Right. It's the same tactic, yeah. So we the family split. One family went north, one family went south. We told our doorman they were going somewhere They're else. They were living in Manhattan at the time. Yeah. yeah. So we told them we were going north, but actually we, were, we went south. We got to, uh, there was another fa- family that defected ahead of us, a few years ahead of us, and they helped us out. So we went to their home, we stayed at their home. We had to hide in their basement for six months. Oh, wow. Six months. Six months, because when we worked it out with the State Department, so okay, it's going to take that long to process everything. Because yeah. during that time, the U.S. government could not give us protection. So we had to be in the jurisdiction of the U.S. government to get the protection that we could be free. Until then, we had to be non grata, hide yeah. out. Yeah. Wow. Seen, so yeah, what a wild story. And they would—they were sending people. They were sending Burmese operatives to the elementary school to grab a brother. So I had two younger brothers and a younger sister. So we um, age range from elementary. So I would just finish high school, about to go into college. Actually, I was going to college. And so they went to our schools to grab us. Because if you grab someone, that you can hold them hostage into the embassy. The embassy is no longer the uh, U.S. It's, it's property. Sovereign, it's sovereign, sovereign soil. Yeah. Sovereign soil. Yes, mm-hmm. thank you. That's a good word. And that's what they were trying to do. So, um, wow. And we had yeah. – my young brothers were in elementary. Yeah. So they went there. And uh, we had – when we're hiding, this family normally don't get visited. Also, they try to stay away from everybody too. They were all of a sudden getting visits from people that they kind of knew, but you know, there's no reason for them to visit. So when they come, we will all be quiet. Yeah. And the only time we went out was during that dark time, at night time, to go shopping or do this or that. And wow. then at one point, I had to um, go to the United Nations and speak to the general counsel and say, "Hey, back off!" And then that pretty much that that solved it. <laughs> wow! Jeff. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and I wore my be- I wore my bear costume no, say, and talked a, bear and talk a little bit about my show. Probably, yeah, yeah. My show. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a fascinating story. So, I, did you have someone in the cell that you stayed with then for the next couple of years? <laughs> no. Or uh, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't ride. He doesn't yeah. call. I bet he didn't. I'm sure he didn't appreciate the bear thing either. So, yeah. great. 
<laughs> Great. Yeah, I'm not into fur. Well, then, then you're not into me. And then bef- before we do want to get to Sado 48, but, <laughs> do we? But well, we do eventually. Yeah. But we also know you have an interesting writer's background, and I do want to hear a little bit about that. So tell us about your experience. And I, was this in New York also, or no, was this L.A.? this was Los Angeles. Okay. So John and I had been together eight years, and my career needed to take a change. So I said, I'm, if you are on for it, I'm going to move to Los Angeles, pursue my acting career there. And again, I mean, I had an audition the day I landed. So it was very, you know, it seemed to be going okay. Mm-hmm. But what I discovered after I was there for a couple of years, that people were much more interested in me as a writer than as a performer. And you just, I mean, part of maturation, everyone who knows me is howling with laughter right now that I even talk about maturation, but you have to stop saying, oh, but look look at the plan. You know, look at what the plan was and you have to go with what's in he- ahead of you. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was at a friend's house and she came home and she was upset and I said, Ellen, what's the matter? She goes, oh, I lost my job. I said, oh, really? What What is your job? And she goes, oh, I, I work on TV, half hour comedies and I help, you know, pitch jokes and create the story but i also um have to keep up with all the pitches and i don't i don't write fast enough i was like i won a national contest for my shorthand skills and the very next day i sent a letter and this was when you would send letters to every half hour in los angeles and there were 88 shooting and to, not now i think there may be 12 <laughs> um but and I got responses, and my first job was on Good and Evil, which did not last very long. But it was one of those jobs where, like, after two weeks, you you get the job, right? The whatever the job job is. Right. And then while I was on Good and Evil, Cheers called and said, "We are looking for a third writer's assistant, and we'd like to hire you." And I said, "Well," on, <laughs> they said the crazy. They said, "Based on your name, we just love your name." I was like, well, shouldn't I come over and have lunch? Like, yeah, come over and have lunch. So had lunch, cracked some jokes, got the job. And what was happening was the three lead writers were looking for a fourth to take with them to create Bob, Bob Newhart series that did not go so well. So you can learn a lot from being on a hit and you can learn a lot from being on something that doesn't go so well. You bet. So then Bob was going down. And at Paramount, there were or there were bungalows. The the Bob bungalow was right next door to the Fraser bungalow. Fraser was looking for a writer's assistant, and I came highly recommended. So they said, "Well, you know, come over and have the interview." So I trundled over, like you know, the forty steps or whatever it was to their bungalow. Had my interview, went back and just sat at my desk. And then the phone rang, and I answered it thusly, "What took you so long?" <laughs> You know, snarky pays off if, sure. if you're talented. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. like, yeah, very funny, clicking beard. Do you want the job? I was like, yeah, I want the job. Up. Are you yeah. kidding? Yeah. Great. So, um, so then I helped. Oh, cool. So I helped write Frasier, and both Cheers and Frasier were just amazing, I can amazing imagine. experiences. Yeah. It was graduate level course in how to do things well, and I'll tell you the value of story. We would spend weeks, sometimes months, on getting the story right because once you get the story right, writing the jokes are it's somewhat easier because you know what the joke has to do it has to take it somewhere and and be and be fueled by what came before it right and so that that's complicated but if you don't know one of either one of those two things you're just like well i don't know if this joke is any good or not it's funny but does it work in the show so it was always about story 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 and and that's a great lesson for anybody who's writing anything one of the shows that keith and i did we one of our top three picks it had something it has something to do with um comedies and um i pulled out all of the uh normisms they were so crisp and clean you know he walks in the door and he's like what's going on mr peterson he said more to the point what's going in mr peterson you know <laughs> yeah. just it's simple stuff like that yeah. but you when he you know 
it was so beautiful because when he walked in the door, mm-hmm. you wait, you, you kind of sat up and say, okay, what's it going to be this time when he walks in the door? You yeah. know, because it's, they became classics. You One know? of my favorite was he walks in and what he says, hey, how's life in the big city? And he says, I told you, Woody, no more fat jokes. <laughs> <laughs> well, did James Burroughs do Frazier also? Because it wasn't James Burroughs. Yes. Yeah. Cheers. Directed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, and I've heard so many stories of the cast members and the people who worked with, have worked with James Bros. That what a wonderful, creative environment he, he exposed people to and just the, the pace. It was a, it was a perfect storm of creativity. It was. Yeah. He would, he would, after a rehearsal, and this was often, uh, we, I love this line. So you'd go to, you'd, you'd do a rewrite, right? Everything gets rewritten. Sure. And then you'd go to rehearsal and maybe things didn't work. So you would come back and we'd say, okay, time to take out the improvements. Time <laughs> <laughs> to take out the improvements. But, but on stories, on weeks, and it just happens, you know, it's, it's a tough um, a gig to be that funny that often for nine stars or whatever we had on Cheers. He would come into the room too, uh, and, and pitch and, and talk about, you know, just from an actor, from a character point of view, how we could maybe take something. So when, when we were all working, it was 16 people in the room. I was yeah. going to ask you how, what, what, yeah. how it was. Yeah. And, uh, and when I it, imagine that creativity, my brother wrote, um, actually for the first daily show. Oh, and great. so he's been in that, that bullpen, you know, and you're just, it's, I would say this, it's a younger man's game. And he'd probably agree with me. He said, because you get in the bullpen and you are just praying that you're going to get at least one of your jokes in the show that night. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a little like that. I think it's more intense on a daily show. Yeah. Like the daily show. Well, that, yeah. But for us, it was just the ability to pitch. That was the thing. Uh, David Lloyd, Chris Lloyd, who, created a modern family. Lloyd. Yeah. Right. His father, David Lloyd, long-time uh, uh, half-hour writer, wrote the Mary Tyler Moore episode where Chuckles the Clown dies. Oh, my God. I mean, classic, <laughs> classic. So I was new, and he um, – this was, the, as I mentioned earlier about faxing. He faxed in his script, and I was typing it up to you know distribute to everyone. And the fax sort of cut off at the end. He typed too far down the paper. And I just wrote – in the thing, facts cut off. It only happened like only two or three instances. Well, this went out to everybody, and he came in in front of everyone, deliberately tearing me a new one. These are my words. Do you know how much I get paid per word? This is no, but, but he was right. No, he had he had a very good point. This this don't ever 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 say facts cut off. Call me, find out what those words are. This is your you know this is one of your big big. And I almost said. Well, Mr. Lloyd, it only happened a couple times. I almost said that. And I literally felt my brain <laughs> grab those words and yeah. claw them back. And I said, Mr. Lloyd, I am so sorry. It will never, ever happen again. He's like, bleh, bleh, you know, like so yeah. all day long people were like, so Lloyd, have you fired Clinkenbeard yet? And he goes, no, and he's making you so damn tough. <laughs> But, you know, you All just right. you have to be careful. Yeah. You know? Well, what a, what great stories, and I'm sure you know, and and you could tell watching those shows the ensemble uh, atmosphere. It, it was evident because of what came out in yeah. the final product. I was there like three years on Cheers and Fraser combined. There was only one one moment of uncomfortableness, and that was when the writer, and it was a new writer, gave a note to an actor. Mm. 
Ouch. Ouch. Ooh, hey. Yep. Ooh, hey, 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 hey. So that that was 20, 20 minutes of ruffled feathered, rough, ruffled feathers calming. But other than that, you know, I'm sure you experienced the, the higher up you go, the more talented people are, the less BS there is. Yeah, they're not. They don't have anything to prove. No. Well, and they're there for. They got there for a reason. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So. Springfield, Missouri. How, what brought you back home? How'd you get back home? Oh, we got just families here. Yeah. So we come back every year, especially yeah. in summertime. And one summer, we were talking to Bucky Bowman. He's a local celebrity of a sort. He knows all the art world and all mm-hmm. that. And it happened to be his um, school teacher that took him to New York and all that. So very much interested in Jeff's life. That's what he had been doing. So, oh, we did this film event in New York and we you know. We were the film writers and editors. Oh, that sounds great. You should do one here. It was a 48-hour um, uh, So film. a similar thing. Yeah, similar okay. thing. Yes, yeah. you should do one here. So that's when, that's when we got started okay. doing it. So that gets us to Sado 48. So we want to talk about this yeah. thing. You which guys. Stand, which stands for Springfield and the Ozarks 48-hour film challenge. All right. Which? And, which Where teams of filmmakers have 48 hours, just two days, to make a five-minute movie. The twist is... They don't know what that movie has to be about until it is revealed to them in the form of an inspiration package, which can be anything. One year, we said, no guns. Every male filmmaker came up and said, I can't tell a story without a gun. <laughs> How am I going to kill the stand-in for my girlfriend in real life? Do we have I a said, lot of bow and arrows for yes. that one? Well, I said, use a knife. Went, knives, we'll use knives. <laughs> we'll use knives. We'll use knives. Blowtorch. Blowtorch. There you go. That's yeah, right. that was but, the so, lead pipe. Yeah. The lead yeah. <laughs> the proverbial lead pipe. <laughs> so, so it, the first year in 2006, Josh said, look, if we get 15 teams to sign up, let's count that as a success. And I said, I think that's fair. Yeah. 35. Nice. Like, Wait a minute. There's a hunger for this. Next year, 50 and then 70. And then for and up until the pandemic, 80 plus teams every year. Outstanding. And the event got so Big and so complicated that we, we would come back even earlier and earlier and earlier to, to fuel it and to make sure it was working because people were getting such a kick out of it. They were saying things like, Oh, I hate Sato 48. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Here's how we're going to do better next year. When is it next year? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Right. When does registration start? That's right. How many, how many of these are there around the country and, and, and put yours in, in sort of perspective of, of the others that I'm sure that are around because this is kind of a, a, a new phenomenon. Um, I mean, film students have, you know, I've heard film students have been doing this. They didn't call it a competition. They called it, you know, life. Hey, by mm-hmm. the way, you got your class has a week to go do your stuff, you know, and right. so uh, w- how many of them you got out there? Phenomenal. I think it's not that um, new. It's been around for a while. I think it started out in England. Where it started. Yeah. Part part of it is the, the just the rise of dis- digital. Yeah, you could actually yes. make something in forty eight right. hours. There was no film processing. Right, right. you know, you, and there's non you're non not, linear. You're digital. not cutting film. And, you're not cutting film. Right. It's all non linear editing. Sure. Yeah. So, but so that's the phenomenon. And in the United States, there's one called the National Forty Hour Film Something Competition or something they call it. And what it is, they go around the cities, mostly big cities, the San Francisco, um, uh, St. Louis and Kansas sure. City has sure. one that they come to the city and they do it, have it, and then you put it, submit it. It takes months and months before you know if you got some, uh, qualified or not mm-hmm. and another few more months to if you win or not. 
And with us, it's we're done. We try to do it within a month's time or six weeks, six weeks or yeah. less. We try to get lesser and lesser. Yeah. We have a so new, how many are there? I think some universities do it. There, there are quite. A, there are actually quite a few worldwide. But, there are quite a few. My point being, this one has a national reputation uh, had, uh, over the years, and it's grown. This is this one is a big deal. Yeah, and you just did year number seventeen. Correct? Yeah, year yes, seventeen. So, so from as far as. Yeah, you say it's a new phenomena, but not re- it's, it's been around for a while. <laughs> it, yeah, it may be new in its conceptual approach mm-hmm. to filmmaking because people don't usually that's that's outside the box thinking. It is, yeah. and so and what, yeah. why it's been popular is because every every year there's a new crop of people who say I can be a contender and I'm going to prove myself. And people keep coming back to your point about wins registration yeah. because. They, like anything else that's incredibly difficult, which is to tell a story in words and sound and make people remember it for forever and laugh when they're supposed to and cry when they're supposed to and gasp when they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot. It yeah. takes a lot of teams. Well, and that's what I was going to, I was going to kind of point out to the Bon Vivants out there. If you all have a perception that somebody's got an iPhone and three of their buddies and they're going to enter this thing and they've got a funny idea that might work in to the theme of, of that year and you're going to go out and do something. Well, you're going to be incredibly embarrassed first because it's going to look like shit. And two, it doesn't work that way. These are you've got teams of people, you've got editors, you've got shooters, you've got your actors, you've got a team. What would you say is the average number of folks you you would have on a on a on, on a, a team? team? We would average it about ten. Ten, because okay. you have teams that have only single person okay. who do the whole thing, and it could be an animator, or you have a team that has a dance class. So yeah. the, uh, yeah. I think one time we had a cast of forty. Uh, no, no, 20 with uh, tw- uh, 20 more of being behind the scene with mothers yeah. and so forth. So That's a Busby huge. Berkeley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but, you know, but, but, but going back to the iPhone, the, it, you know, you can have a fancy car driven poorly or a modest car driven well. That's true. So, yeah. you know, you can take what, what, what it is with the, with the iPhone. It's always sound. Picture's yeah. great. But right. if I want good sound, I have to have, have the the camera in your face. Well, maybe that story doesn't needs a needs a fuller shot. Yeah. Then where does the sound come from? So where are these teams coming from? I mean, there's certainly in Southwest Missouri, Northwest Arkansas, mm. even Oklahoma, Kansas. I get it. Regionally, people are going to know about it. But you've got your your reach expands beyond just this region. Where are these teams coming from? What's the demographic? Uh, we have teams as far as uh, England and Sri Lanka. Wow. wow. And so um, Sri Lanka team, they went to school in uh, Springfield, Missouri. Yeah. And so they mm-hmm. went back, so they continue to do it here. Sure. The English team, on the other hand, they were, this is during a uh, pandemic, they were just mm-hmm. going through YouTube and there was, uh, Austin McConnell, he did a uh, video for us. If you're going to do 48 hours, this is what you have to go through. So he did a whole step-by-step little short tidbit. The, the guys in England saw this, they said, we got to do this, and they did. They did it for two years, and they were very successful. They won, mm-hmm. and to tell them the story what, what so happened. So they with won, them. and they used those those prize winnings, the the prestige of it, to get access to the best acting school in London, so they could cast their feature film. And you know, nice. you know this is Sato Forty Eight is a red herring. Sato 48 exists so that somebody can prove themselves right. on sure. a stage that's challenging. If you are late, you cannot compete for awards and prizes. You have to adhere to the, uh, the, um, inspiration package. Uh, and, and so there's, there's, and you have to have paperwork. You have to, 
the rights. You can't just borrow music. You know, you this have is to something have, that we distinguish from the others too. The others don't require yes. paperwork. We require paperwork. Yeah, it, because it, we have visions of putting this on broadcast TV as well. Yeah. So FCC requires you have all this releases. Sure. So we have and all sure. four and releases. People hate it. Of yeah. course. Nobody wants to do their income taxes. <laughs> but, but this is boot camp for the real world. It is boot Absolutely. camp for the real world. And in fact, to the degree that the professor at MSU, Missouri State University, mm-hmm. who teaches production 101, requires his students to participate in Sato 48. Ooh. And his own personal production company, which does documentaries around the world, he won't hire on anyone unless they've done Sato 48 at least twice. <laughs> nice. That's how real world that's it great. is. Well, that's great. I mean, that's it, great. I mean hardcore, but challenges in the title. Hey. It's 48 hour film no. challenge. Okay. So the other thing that I was curious about, you've mentioned these inspiration packets before. Where does that come from? How do they get created? My Who's genius. in charge? Well, I figured you were behind it. But, so what, uh, are, what are some of the, what are some of the packages? What are some of the do's and don'ts we've had over the years of stuff that you can do and what you can't do? Well, Tommy's told me some of them. Yeah. And some of them are, I mean, you've got to work in something weird into your Oftentimes five we, minutes. When, when, when the groups were smaller and more, more regional, we could actually give them a physical prop. So one year we gave them two frozen octopuses. <laughs> and, and they're called octopi. 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 And they had to use that. And another uh, instance, Lily Pharmaceuticals had a failed insulin pen dispenser, which was unique in its shape. And they had enough of those. And that was one year. One year we used little tiny uh, um, toy sombreros. The 10 year. And then at the 10th year, Jaw designed this is difficult. It's for like a, a podcast, puzzle piece. A pu- two puzzle pieces that when you put them together in just the right way and then set it on a mirror, it said the key word mm. that you had to include. So they had to not only figure out, they had to figure out that puzzle and then incorporate that into their movie or struggle. So you right? had to do that within 48 hours before you could even start. Yeah, huh? we're yeah. dicks. Wow. <laughs> and, and this is really the point of the inspiration package. The, the most successful filmmakers say, you can't help but go in with some ideas. I mean, creative people just have ideas right. all the time. But they say, let go. Let go of whatever you thought you were going to do and just go with the inspiration package. Come up with a new story, a new this, a new that. Often people know the genre they're going to do. Like, I'm drawn to horror right. or comedy yeah. or drama or experimental. But as far as the story goes, just go with the inspiration package. Well, I, could, I would imagine if you didn't... You would handcuff yourself pretty quickly. It becomes neither fish, yeah. fish nor fowl. Yeah. Right. Well, Keith yeah. and I were talking about it, you know, because we've, we've done theater and we've done speech and drama and stuff and they've got oral interpretation yeah. or impromptu or impromptu. Yeah. Well, I, did that. I did that when I was 18 yeah, to in New York to make money. Extemporaneous yeah. speaking. They, they sent you out, yeah. you know, or, or you got to do a duet and you, impromptu and, duet. Yeah. And you and your partner goes out in the hall and you've got to work it out, you know, whatever the thing is. But it's amazing to me. Because you've judged some of those, yeah. how polished and amazing those were, and how it just sort of bit at the fringe of what the, <laughs> the topic was. I don't think they can get away with that with with these films. Well, we don't judge that. That was Jaws' insight. Go ahead, Jaws. Yeah. No, 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 no. Go a, ahead. Yeah. No, no you no. go ahead. No. No, I'll no. go. <laughs> Well, somebody <laughs> get your shit together. Somebody, somebody say something. Don't worry, we can edit that out in post production. Ne- no. Never edit me. I get the final cut. Was this not clear? Oh, look at my con- Look at my contract. Yeah. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. 
All right. Anyway, so, what I was saying. You're killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. Come on. <laughs> There's a lot of dead air time, honey. You better speak. Oh, I can't have that in my life, nor on the podcast I'm on. <laughs> so Jaws Insight early on. This is going back to the original. Because, you know, with with so many things, what's the foundation? How did it originate? Because you often can never pull away from that. So I said, oh, so we'll watch these films and we'll judge them and we'll do this. And he said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're not judging these films. And I said, well, why not? And he said, because... If these filmmakers go out and have a drink for us, with us, or they come over to our house for dinner and then they win, that's why. Mm-hmm. Because they're friends with Jeff and Jaw. Not because yeah. their film's any there good. Can't be any perception. Can't be oh, any perception yeah. of impropriety. So yeah. it's like, that's genius. So yeah. we choose the people yeah. that make the decisions. We're the producers. We have to do that. But they're independent. And they have to recuse themselves if they happen to know a filmmaker well. And they're spread far and wide, too, they're aren't they? I mean, yeah, you're, you're, international from judges. what I understand, your judging panel is all over the world. It is all mm-hmm. over the world. Yeah. All over the world. But, but this was a great insight of his. You know. Yeah. And so now, the, and, on the other hand, we would have had a lot more money and a lot more friends because people could have paid us to win. Well, <laughs> what, well So what about the selection committee? I've heard you talk about the selection yes. committee versus the judges. So you have 80X number of submissions, and you've got to pare those down to a manageable number. Uh, how, first of all, who is the selection committee? And secondly, how do you get on it? Cause right. I would like to be one of those. Wonderful. Fantastic. Thank you. We'll put your name down. Oh, too. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah, I would yeah, love yeah. to okay, do that. We'd love That's to great. do that. So the way selection committee works is that, um, the filmmakers make the film, turn them on Sunday and Jeff and I curate them, how, mm-hmm. how it's going to play, and we show but them what, at the... To be, to be clear, how, what's going to play with what at the Moxie? Because that's the art house. Right. So we, Theater. We, we that's give, where the, the, the screening, screening is. The screening, yes. Yeah. Yeah. At the uh, Moxie, we have a, a panel of selection committee members. Okay. What constitutes a uh, selection committee members? it has to be the member of the community. It has to be average Joes. They cannot be film experts. Critics or uh, professors, because uh, when you make a film, you don't know if it's going to be successful or not. That comes from it's not those people that go buy a ticket to watch it. Yeah, it's yeah. people. Okay. You need yeah, people. You need the real world people. people. It's real. That, that, that's, people. That was, that's another yeah. one of Jaws' ideas. Is like the first, the first, the first hurdle is: Are you popular? Do people like your movie? Not critical acclaim. That comes with the international judges, but go right. ahead. And then those. So what I was saying: Those people <laughs> are selected. And we give out 11 awards. And so each, well, let's say you're doing editing. We, you don't know what editing is all about, but we'll give you synopsis of what editing is, five criteria, three. This is what you're going to look for. And that's what they look for. They mm-hmm. would watch all the films that's been submitted that year, and they have to pick 10. And then we take those 10 that you did editing to an actual editor who is in their field. Who's a professional. Very yeah. professional. Yeah. And then they would do the ranking sure, of sure. winner to a... Well, so far I fit and all the criteria to be on the selection committee. You do, because you don't have to know anything. A, no, we don't have to. <laughs> yes. It's kind of like I our wine reviews. We're, uh, we're not wine critics, yeah, we're I'm wine a, drinkers. I'm not a movie critic, I'm a movie watcher. <laughs> right. so. right. Well, this is the other thing. Sometimes the filmmakers say to us, who are these selection committee members? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know what? Let me tell you the first thing they are. Somebody who's willing to put in the time yeah. to watch 80 five-minute films. That's right. In a community event where we wisely, well, and wonderfully, and want to, throw the net wide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyone can participate in Sato 48. There, it's only it's 25 bucks 20, to, uh, 25 I was going to ask you about the business end of this. That's so great. There's, there's no business end of this. Although I want to say, there is now. sponsors. Right. Well, hold, hold, no, hold on. We are now, just as in the last two weeks, we are now a resident company of the Gilloys. 
Nice. Yeah. So it always is a local theater that has been. This is a great little theater. It's beautiful. It's in the nineties. What? You don't know what that is. Well, we know it. Yeah, the Gillides. People go, oh, you're a resident company. What does that mean? Well, no, I know. I know that theaters like that have they sponsor certain entities. Yep. That are associated with their foundation or whatever they're funded by or whatever they're money making. So. Yeah, I, I do know. I'm impressed. Yeah. I'm a theater guy. I know what resident uh-huh. company means. Oh, oh, so, um, yeah, great I know. job. It's We're never going to be asked back. It's, you just it's insulted easy to me. overestimate me. <laughs> it's a very big, a big deal. deal. And congratulations. Thank you so thank much. You. So it's the it's the power of their board. It's the thinking of exactly. Jeff and Joy Steele who've turned the Gilloys around. Yeah. I mean, Twelve years ago, this was a bankrupt institution and a physical structure. It was close to being torn down. Was close it? Close to being We come down to concerts all the time. We're on their mailing list and yeah, I just wow. have lots of concerts. And there. now you're going to be dunned by Sato 48 as well. <laughs> there you go. That's <laughs> right. fine. Yeah. That's fine. So, and so it, 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 it help us find sponsors, help us build an audience at the Moxie because that's where we screen everything and then the award ceremony which Jeff once describes as the Oscars of Springfield, Missouri because you go to the Moxie to see everything and then you come to the Gilloys to see the best of the fest. It's that, you know, we because we show the winners. Maybe we like that too could be the resident podcast of we could the be the Gilloys. official oh. the official podcast Could you guys maybe put in a good word for it? absolutely right. yeah and you call it like a sporting event all right now they're they're about to release the top 10 okay there's the top 10 okay all right number three the bakers they have they have also in the five tops in uh, editing and, and cinematography and tom baker just dropped the thing on his foot and <laughs> yeah i'm very proud of tommy i yeah. mean he got he, according he was successful this so year wasn't he? director yes uh, he was. best screenplay and editing he's got, yes. uh, nominated we won a couple he was nominated maybe for I don't have him. He won three. He won three. He won three. three. Yeah. His teams are nominated quite a bit. You know, Tom Tom Baker, he moved from somewhere. I forget. He did tell us where he moved from. He didn't know anyone in Springfield. He got involved with Sato, and now he has his old community of himself. He grew up in Jefferson City, Missouri, which is where we're from. But then he and his wife did a stint in Texas. Uh, For a while, they moved there with her job and with his – he's an entrepreneur as far as a a creative director and – does video production that mm-hmm. kind of thing and so he could take his business anywhere but mm-hmm. they ended up in the springfield area and he got involved with the local independent film community and and you guys and he's loving it he's loving yeah. it so, oh, yeah. and it was a whole family yeah. you know you moved to mm-hmm. a community i don't have to tell you you moved to new york city and you got lucky and that you you all of a sudden had folks that you can talk to that you That's actually right. know. Yeah. Tommy's the same kind of in the same boat when he moved to Springfield. He lived mm-hmm. in Rogersville, but he was like, Hey, I met all these people. They're really kind of cool. And we're doing this film stuff. And I was like, good, good for you. You know, now he's in competition with his son. Sam, so they, Sam. Sam makes his own films, and then his dad makes the films, and they're like, well, yeah. okay, you know, there's a little bit of father-son rivalry there. And also, yeah. Sato has a lot of success stories and personal stories. A lot of their stories where the father, one story with the father's been in law enforcement for a long time, and he never got to be home. So when he retired and he wanted to be uh, spend more time with his son, his son was doing the films, he got into it, and Sato gave him a chance to bond, the father and son bonding. And so they've been doing this for a long time to the point that now the son is uh, at a program in New York where 
they're going to teach him how to restore old films on TCM. Yeah, isn't that cool? Well, we're yeah. both TCM fans. I'm yeah. a poster yeah, TCM too. fan. We and, are too. And you know, a lot of those films are actually stored in Kansas City down in the caves. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. There's, yeah. there's a lot in those, in those natural underground storage. natural. Oh. There's some of those down in Springfield too, I think. Yeah, there are. I there think there's caves, caves yeah, But that's where the craft keeps its cheese. I think they do. I don't, we got I the cheese I'm not saying there's anything wrong with no, cheese. No, I don't think I it's cheese. in the same room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for, so, for some of the cheesier films, it is. Separate, oh, I didn't separate separate wings of the yeah, cave. Um, but bless his heart, because I tell you what, you those those films are are lost forever if if we don't have somebody that takes takes time. Yeah, and they're I mean they're literally flaking apart. Oh, they self disintegrate and they disintegrate yeah. and, and they're. They're kind of dangerous. I yes. mean, oh, they're flammable. They, they will, yeah. they will that flame up big time. Oh. I mean, they got chemicals and stuff in there and inglorious bastards. Yes, you know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She sets the the, the uh, theater on fire. That's with right. The, with with them. Them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a big boom. Yeah. Yeah. Was, you know, it, it, going back to to John's stories about success. It, 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 at seventeen years, we're almost generational. Jeff Johnson, yeah, Jeff yeah. Johnson, who did the first year at 2006 and then I think did 11 more years and did one of the scariest films ever called Doors. He then went on to teach media and sound at OTC, Ozarks Technical Community College. Mm-hmm. Which, which your father, father helped found. Which my father helped found. Oh, really? Yep. Mm-hmm. And he called us after this last award ceremony and said, I don't know which is better, that I won awards or that I got a call from my students that last night they won awards. Yeah, nice. So it's like full circle plus. Yeah. It's really, really, really nice. I bet right. it's the latter. You know, when you yeah. when, when you watch a kid and you know they've got that passion and, and and we talk about this with acting too all the time, Jeff. You know, either you got it in your gut and are and it's so strong that you're eighteen year olds don't know squat about anything and, and get on a bus and go to New York City. It's, That's the only proof. It's a, it's a passion, and, and the people that make films have that, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they, they can't they're, do they're any, willing to they can't do anything not else. sleep for 48 hours to make a five-minute film. You know. It's, so here's something we're asking Tommy about right now, and I want to ask this for the other Bon Vivants out there. So when and where can people actually see these things yeah what's the time i know the whole timing on the on the film, festival film viewers want to see this kind of stuff they could go to the website sato48.com sato48.com okay we're working with the uh programmer right now engineer. well he is our software engineer engineer architect okay. adam Engebretson and david carr of creative endeavors they came on a couple of years ago and have you know, they're just they're just turning points and game changers. Uh, our joke is, and but he's getting us very close to this. That in a few years we'll we'll be able to say, Siri, run Sato forty eight twenty twenty five. Yeah, and that's all we'll have to do. Because <laughs> nice. what he made us realize was all the behind the scenes work, all the sweat equity that John and I put into it was just moving data around. Mm-hmm. So if you go to that side, you can see the films there. Okay. So for next year, we're going. To start the uh, kickoff, the start filming, start of filming will be April 21. Okay. That's a Friday. 2023. 2023. Okay. So it's a, it's a spring. Hours. It's a springtime is kind of. Um, yes. John and I feel strongly that the cold is God's worst idea. <laughs> I have to, I'd have to join that club. Yeah. yeah. And so do. we're not. February you know, could be pretty much taken off the uh, calendar just, and I'd be fine with that's it. That's right. That's what hibernation is for. Yeah, it's a short month anyway. Just get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but our lovely mother bought the family two apartments in Hawaii right on the beach. So oh, nice. that's where we retire for yeah. the winter. Yeah. And then resume. Uh, but uh, well, we will post those uh, websites, takes. links, and uh, social media connections, all that stuff on the website and on all our uh, promos for the episode. Fantastic! We always wrap every episode with the three top picks. Today's category again came from Jeff and Jaw, and it is three top inspirational or motivational quotes. We always take a different approach. Brad and I do not talk about this, but what we'll do is we'll go around the table one at a time and just give one at a time until we each get our top three. We do honorable mentions. We cheat because it's often it's our, impossible it's to narrow it down to three. <laughs> we can do um, whatever we, we can do. We can do whatever we want. But that's what we're doing today is uh, three top inspirational or and or motivational quotes. And the best thing about it is why. You know, yeah. what's the story behind it? Okay. Oh, my, Jeff, you go first. One of my first would be, a Mark Twain quote, which was, put all your eggs in one basket and watch that basket. Because we were talking earlier about passion, right? Yeah, yeah. That is that is the definition of passion. You're not spreading your eggs around. It's all in one place. Now, if you're, if you're not careful, you become a stalker. But <laughs> but let's say that it's possible to have both. Another right, job with Alec Mark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, you, I kept putting on the bus. I, actually, I haven't prepared for it. The only thing I can think of off my head is... Do you want to Burmese? Yeah, okay. Jeff will uh, have sex. You can take his three. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Which I'm fine with. He's easy to live with. Anything you say with. is going to sound a lot cooler than Jeff. You've got a beautiful accent, <laughs> and, and you're going to sound so much more intelligent anyway. So, <laughs> Wow! This, this thing really Ouch. went south. Yeah, that'll, leave, yeah, yeah. that'll leave a mark. <laughs> no, yeah, no. I, you know what? Here's my hey, John, reach behind and pull the knife out of his back. Here's my joke. This boy takes care of himself. Yeah. Let me tell you, I'm not too worried. Here's how I respond to that. You hurt my feeling. Why? I only have one. And there's another good quote. And who said that? Me. Can I add that to my list right now? You can. Yeah, you can. That's, oh, that's lovely. Yeah. That's great. Go ahead, John. No, More about me. The, uh, um, Live with awareness. That's uh, that I can think about. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Simple just, is sometimes the best. Yeah. Oh, shut like, up. I'm easy to live with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I love you again. <laughs> the first, when I first approached this, I was going to do all movie quotes because I'm a big movie fan. So, uh, but my wife told me we've already done a three top movie quotes category. So I kind of had to go away from them. But one that I did not put in that category was one of my favorite motivational quotes. And that is be bold and mighty forces will attend you. Goethe said it, mm-hmm. but it's quoted from almost famous. One of my favorite movies, uh, when Francis McDormand is talking to Russell on the phone and says, take care of my son. You know, he's a kid. You better watch out for him out there on the road. And the last thing she says is, be bold and mighty forces will attend you. And so I always like that one. I mm-hmm. think that's kind of inspirational. So That's pretty good. Wow. You're not just another pretty I'm, face. I'm just, <laughs> I'm not fooling around here, you know. Well, I had to go with Mark Twain, too, just because he's, you know, he's our Missouri guy. Yeah. So my honorable mention one is, is the one I really, I really like this one, too. It says, all you need in this life is ignorance and confidence, and then success is sure, which <laughs> the man was, like the, the man yeah. was brilliant. The Thank man you, was, I guess. In New York. The, yeah. the, man, the, the, no, the man was brilliant. And, and not I, knowing what you didn't know, it didn't matter. It that's didn't right. Matter. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've traveled uh, quite a bit, and, and I know you guys have, too. And. And the other quote that, that 
we have in Mark Twain, we do not embrace in in this country. We're pretty uptight about everything. And I think about this one for, for some of the Caribbean countries and some of the islands and places I've been where he says, never put off till tomorrow what you can do the day after tomorrow. <laughs> That's why those people don't have heart attacks and stuff. They're like, ah, didn't get it done today. Well, fuck it. I'll get it done tomorrow. You know, tomorrow will be all right. It'll be be okay. Yeah, so no problem. My wife would tell you that. How did Mark Twain know about me? (laughs) He knew about all of us. A corollary to that was Twain said, I was the kind of businessman who could recognize an opportunity long after it had ceased to be one. Golf is a is, is a good yeah, walk. Spoiled. A good, good walk. Spoiled, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jeff. Number two or three for you. Um. Well, yeah. Well, who's, who's, who's keeping count? No, well, I we guess are. you are. We well, are. Yeah. Anymore. <laughs> I also like the Socrates or Aristotle. I'm not sure which said. If everyone in the village could take all their problems and put them in a big pile in the center of town, and you could walk around and look at everybody else's problems, you would take yours and go home. Yep. Yeah. Very good. That's right. It's per- it's like a proverb, right? Yeah. yeah. It's sort of a that's good. Yeah. Sort of a don't sweat the small stuff kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Sign of an well, idea. Um, yeah. Well, I know you said that uh, you've done movie beef already. I want to. It kind of inspired me to say something from the movies. Actually, one of the movies I like. Um, the quote is "Live, live, live" by Auntie Mame. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that movie? Yeah. Yes. Ross oh, yeah. Russell. Yeah. Auntie Mame was a poet. Yeah. And, she and, had a lot of good things to yeah. say. Oh, yeah. yeah, a lot of good quotes from Mame. Yeah, and uh, brought her musical before it was a movie. But yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, write that down. We'll figure it out later. Yeah, <laughs> Tony Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, my second one actually came from my wife. It's she. It's not original with her, but it's one of hers. Um, and it came from about uh, – actually, we were calculating this up. She's been cancer-free nine years now. But nine years ago, she was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. And the uh, pers- perspective of having a pretty nasty scar on her neck after the surgery was a little bit daunting for her. And she said that one of her favorite quotes is, Never be ashamed of a scar. It simply means you were stronger than whatever tried to harm you. And I thought – that's pretty brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can pick yourself up, dust yourself off, start all over again type thing, those are those, those are battle signs that you're a survivor. Yeah, because yeah. the scar represents time. Exactly. That, yeah. that, that's had to heal as well as you have. Yeah. So I really mm-hmm. like that one. I do yeah. like that one. That's a good one. And it hits close to home. Yes. Right. There we go. Congratulations. Thank you. I mean, if you're in love with her. I am. Okay, thank you. Today. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm picking my messages. That's right. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to do an imitation. Okay. Are you ready? I'm sitting down. All right, good. (laughs) Have some more gin. (laughs) Okay, you ready? Oh, that was you stole my third one. (laughs) I haven't gone yet. (laughs) Well, you you better hurry in this crowd. Hurry up. Hurry up. A clear conscience is usually the sign of a bad memory. <laughs> light, that- light travels faster than sound. That is why some people appear bright until they speak. <laughs> <laughs> you know I feel like is? that was directed at me. Well, you know that's, that's uh, the comedian. Um, the great Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright. Yeah, who is, yeah. But my favorite one is, Monday is an awful way to spend a seventh of your life. <laughs> <laughs> I like a couple of my favorites. Stephen Wright is, uh, I was traveling at the speed of sound, uh, the speed of light and turned my headlights on. 
almost pass myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I keep one. a collection of seashells scattered across the beaches of the world. <laughs> <laughs> He's great. That's a good one, Brad. Thank I like you. That. I love I Stephen like Wright. Stephen, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Either Stephen Wright or or something from Blazing Saddles. I think you should. Oh, you know, some yeah. some kind of a quote from Blazing Saddles. Some every of the day stuff from Blazing Saddles we're now uh, allowed to sing uh, well, anymore. No, anymore. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's true. Right. It's true. <laughs> we can still say that. You can still <laughs> say that. <laughs> Madeline Kahn, uh, the one of the greatest comedic oh, actresses of all yeah. time. And you know, have you watched Paper Moon recently? Where she I was did. Introduced? I did. Yeah, was she actually? I forgot she she's was in Paper she's Moon. She's Trixie, whatever. Trixie yeah. Delight. Trixie Delight. Oh my god! And I had forgotten that too, Jeff. And I was like. Oh well, that's a great movie. I have not seen it for a long time. I forgot she was in that. Was yeah. it one of her it first like? It was at DCN not too long ago. It's introducing mm-hmm. Madeline Kahn. Well, there you go. Yeah, Peter Bogdanovich yeah. introduced Madeline Kahn in cool. Paper Moon. I'm gonna have to go look that up. Um, all right, your turn. One more time, if you've got one more. Oh, oh no, I, really? I'm so reserved. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would probably be one from my dad, who, when I turned 17, and like was. Not all me now as a teenager, right? Gasp. He said, "Okay, Jeff, we can't control you. We can't make you do this, that, or the other thing." But he said, "I can make suggestions, and all I want you to do is keep in mind who is making the suggestion." There you go. That you know your parents. That's good advice. They can. Well, they can. They can. No, but your parents. They can turn things on and off. You know, yeah. and not oh, yeah. not cruelly, yeah. just because like you didn't you didn't play. You think you're a big boy? Great. Here's how the big boy world works. Yeah. You piss people off, you make them unhappy, you don't do what you say you're gonna do, you do things they ask you not to do when you're still under their roof. I can make your life rough. Or not. Yeah. And then the other thing he said was I was in Los Angeles during this period and I said, Oh dad, this and this and this and this and this and he said, How much encouragement can you afford? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, exactly. it, it brings up two things. These Broadway First of all, shows are expensive. That's, that's good advice. Is one of our favorites from a League of Their Own. Yeah, avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. <laughs> yeah. That's good advice. That's good advice. <laughs> that's right. But but I almost used one that said, you know, at seventeen, my father was an idiot. It was amazing how much smarter he got seven years later when I was twenty four. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So and that is a truism. It is a truism. It's amazing yeah. how much smarter your folks got the older yeah. you got. All right. So my honorable mention. Is oh I'm sorry, John. I jumped no, in front it's okay. of you. Oh no, right. it's a disease you get from me. I've been sitting close to Jack. I'm contagious. Yeah, see, you are. Um, so what were we gonna say? <laughs> or, there we go. We just fist bumped. Yeah, right. Keith and I. Oh, God, yeah. or made yeah. an attempt. Brad, yeah. I think you're on, we're on the on one side. Let's. I, I don't know these we'll guys. Show. We're going to start their own show. Well, you know what? Good effing luck, Roger. The Roger and Brad comedy hour. <laughs> no, I think well, we could go with um, well, one, two. I have to one smile doesn't cost you a thing. Nice. My mother said that. And uh, the other one would be Einstein's. Um, Question is, to, if you want to be youthful, question. That's it. And by the way, going back to the smile doesn't cost you thing. With some prostitutes, it actually does. <laughs> Just shit. She's not a moment of word. I mean, in this day and age, everything you can pay for everything. Yes. Smile. Yes. I winked. That that goes. That's a line item. Toothpaste model. 
toothbrush model. It's going to yeah. cost you. That's right. Yeah, I don't know where you're going with that. <laughs> I'm dying to hear. I don't know. I hope it's not just about brushing your teeth. Because that would be dully dull dull. <laughs> would you please do your quote? <laughs> Keith, yeah, as quickly as possible. We'll, we'll take care of a lot of you incidents. Please, please don't edit any of this out. This we'll, is my best stuff. This is my best yeah. stuff. We'll just tighten it up a little bit. Oh, I know what that means. <laughs> to the point of non-existence. So my my honorable mention one is from, and I'm not a I'm not a Star Wars geek, but I do like Yoda's "Do or Do Not." There is no try. Yeah. I like that one. Um, but the, my third one is um, from the American poet Robert Frost, and it's just the tail end of a very nice poem called The Road Not Taken. But it is, two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled, and that has made all the difference. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm not sure that I've lived that necessarily the, all the time, but it's something that I strive to do, and uh, when I get a chance, try to do it, so... And it's a nice thought. Well, so. even to say when you say all the time, even even Frost in the poem paused, yes, and looked down one path yeah. and and took the other. But that doesn't mean that the next time he paused, he didn't take the exactly. road more traveled. Exactly. It's just to have once, yeah, in that moment, yeah. yeah. That's a good one, Keith. It's a, and it's almost a challenge. It's almost like you know you you should do this at least sometimes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. so I was thinking about this quote, and I've thought about this quote over the years. I've thought about the fact that both of you have moved. Keith has moved. And I thought one of the most appropriate was from the great George Carlin, that, that deep thinker yeah. who said, a house is just a place to keep your stuff while you go out and get more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting ready to move the office up one floor, yeah. and I am going to get rid of so much stuff, and it's going to feel so good. Yeah. So, well, but when you have so much do. stuff, you got to get a bigger place to get more stuff. I, that's right. That's right. It's a whole stuff motif sort of thing. And going you know, on. Speaking of Carlin, if, if you want to hear a classic, the ten things you can't say on television. Oh, no, of course. I mean, he's that, and you still can't say them on television. You still can't say them on television, and still hilarious. Yeah, I no, mean, they're still I mean, hilarious. It's still hilarious. That one, uh, that bit put him on the map. Yeah, it sure did. Yeah, yeah, it really, really that did. Hippy yeah. dippy weatherman. The hippy dippy weatherman. Yep. This well, is guys, been fun. He also oh, said. He also said. Have you ever tried to throw out a trash can? You, you, you put the trash can at the at the edge, and they go, "Oh, you forgot your you, you here's your trash can back." It's like, no, I was trying to throw it out. No. <laughs> From the sublime to the ridiculous, yeah, and the great Robin cool. and the great Robin Williams said, "Why do they call it rush hour when nothing moves?" <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's uh, like Carlin, though. Too, why do you drive on a parkway and park on a driveway? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Right. You know, no, great, yep, stuff. Yep, great stuff. Yep, yep, yep. This yeah. has been a blast. Job, thank, job, you thank you guys so much for coming. Thank you. So My fun. goodness. Our yeah, pleasure. we we must do this again sometime. Oh, we maybe, come down. we're maybe open next, tomorrow. Well, <laughs> Thank you, Mon Vivants. We're going to be we're going off the road. We so are going to be back in the studio. We'll soon. be back in the studio soon. So, hey, everybody! And cheers! Cheers! We like that too. Is produced as a labor of love for the enjoyment of Bon Vivants everywhere. To get information about our bottles and links to our guests, go to our website, welikethatpodcast.com. Tune in to new episodes by subscribing on Apple, Spotify, and other popular streaming apps. Please remember to rate, review, and share. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Like That Podcast. So everybody, hey, remember the numbers. One bottle, 
two good friends and three top picks because we like that too. We like that too. We like that too. We like that too. We like that too.